Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This segment is our attempt to do actual sports radio, <laughs> so we're going to give it a shot, see how it goes. Um, again, if you have any other names of people that we've just neglected to mention, maybe we can get to them, but I'm Austin Norman, he's Nick Sainer. Uh, we're going to turn our attention to college basketball here. Speaking of college basketball, we brought up John Gross, and okay. I, want, I wanted to tell his record. He is 60, 60 games above 500 right now at Akron. They, they are, uh, what, was, what did I say? Like 21 and 9? Yeah, Twenty one right. and seven. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe nineteen. Nineteen and, seven. and six. Nineteen seven. Nineteen yeah. and seven right now at Akron. It probably might might make the NCAA tournament. The Zips. My guess would be they're the Mac Auto. Bit. Which I would I would be interested to see if if Joe Moorhead is still the head coach. Is he still the head coach for football? Is here? Did they let him go? Gosh dang it, Austin! Here we go again. <laughs> you look that up. I'll get to this. Jo- oh, Joe Moorhead. We, we, can, we can find out real quick. Okay. Joe Moorhead is the head football coach at Akron. There okay, we go. that's what we're there done. We we're done. Move on. Okay. Um, an article from The Athletic, Brian Bennett wrote this, uh, sitting down with uh, the commissioner of the SWAC. Mm. Uh, McClellan is his name. I forget his first name. Charles. Sorry, Charles McClellan. There you go. Thanks, Nick. Um, some interesting comments about the bracket and how it breaks out. I'm going to start with this. Um, so will road wins be extra valuable on Selection Sunday in light of top 10 teams losing on the road even more? Here's what Charles McClellan said. Quote, it's a red flag when almost all of your quality wins come at home. So it's paramount that these teams prove they can win away from their home court. But we look at several metrics. We have tons and tons of data. Who you play, where you played, and what the outcome was will always be the fundamental core of what we do. That question specifically was in reference to like the top 16 seats because that's all we have. That's all we know. So when McClellan says that, he was probably in the state of mind of thinking about hey, when you look up and down those top 16 seeds, how much did you rate road wins in a year? It's harder than maybe ever before to win on the road in college basketball. That was his response. Yeah, But Nick, I think it still holds just as true for Nebraska, where if you're in Nebraska, you have to say, oh crap, they look at our lack of road wins as a potential red flag that's keeping us from that 8-9 game, you know, instead of being up there as a 10 or maybe an 11 seed. Heck, yeah. even maybe in the play-in. Which is is why, I mean, here's the thing. So that that as we experienced earlier in the season, that it, the the game against Indiana at home is a, is a quad three win. That's why this this one last Wednesday was so crucial for mm-hmm. Nebraska basketball because not only was it a Big Ten road victory, but it was also a quad two victory. It classifies firmly as a quad two victory. I, I mentioned this to Austin earlier that right now. Oh, how about this, Austin? It's changed since the last time we talked. Oh boy. Um. So, so how about this? Minnesota is firmly, or excuse me, scratch that. Minnesota currently RPI wise is at 135, or excuse me, 135th in the country. That's a notable number because that is the last possible number for quad two. Ooh. So, so we talk about this because that road loss either stands as quad two or if, frankly, if Nebraska probably beats Minnesota on Sunday, Minnesota will then drop to a quad three loss. That, that, that game against Minnesota mm-hmm. on the road. Um, and that, that does play, I mean, plays a little factor, right? Because then that takes away, uh, yes, in, in, in some aspect, one of your losses in the quad one and t- quad two matchups. Um, but also it just comes takes away some notoriety. Uh Nebraska, you look at their three and seven currently in quad one matchups and all three of those wins coming at home. Mm-hmm. Um and then you look at quad two and you had uh excuse me, 
two now two of their four wins are coming on at home. And so the other two are on the road at Kansas State and Indiana. So um, this this Sunday is, is a big one because Nebraska currently sits at twelve and zero in those quad three and quad four games. Mm-hmm. Got to continue to boost that. You, you don't want you don't want a number in that number in that in that right hand column. You absolutely do not. And I'm glad you brought up the the quads because that was something else that McClelland was asked about. Um, and especially if you look at quad one and two, right, the wins that are weighted more valuably. Um, the guy that wrote the article said, well, are all quad one wins the same, right? Just look at the raw yeah. number. And McClellan said, no, what they do is they break it down into quad 1A and quad 1B and then quad 2A and quad 2B. So that'd be like teams 1 through 35 or teams 1 through 40 would be a quad 1A win. Nebraska mm-hmm. right now has at least two of those with Purdue and with yeah. Wisconsin. As much as Wisconsin sliding, they're still up there. Those should be pretty firm. Had they been able to knock off Illinois... It would have been in there. I think Northwestern right. is probably that that quad one B, where you're in that you know 35 to 75 or the 40 to 75 range, mm-hmm. where it's still quad one, maybe a little bit lower end. But I think that's helpful for Nebraska, Nick, because they knocked off a team that rates very well in Purdue. That mm-hmm. is not just a general quad one, like a road win at Ohio State might be, where they're like 74th, 75th, hanging on as a, a borderline quad one win. For Nebraska to have a quad one A win. Whereas the road win should be a red flag for the committee. I think if they can look at Nebraska and say, hey, they have two or three quad 1A wins, maybe that helps Nebraska's case a little bit. It's interesting because, so you mentioned, I'm trying to look, so looking at how we'd break this up, I guess, is, and and according, once again, to warrennolan.com, when considering the net rankings, uh, quad 1 wins, just remind everybody the net rankings for quad one are one through 30 at home quad qualifies as a quad one, one through 50 on a neutral site and one through 75th on the road. road. Mm -hmm. Um, Then that kind of takes over when you're talking about quad two. Most importantly, you want to talk about the one A's. Uh, You could even go a little bit further and say one A could potentially be the Michigan state game as well. Who's who's 23rd in the net Mm -hmm. currently. Um, So that's where you're sitting there going, okay, Nebraska, they've done their job against a lot of these teams, right? Against, uh, first of all, the teams that they should beat. We don't, we're don't. we not sitting here saying, man, Nebraska, that loss early in the season to South Carolina State kills you. Or we would probably... Like Chicago State might yeah, for Northwest. Yeah, we, we, we aren't having that conversation on that. That's going to keep Nebraska out of the tournament. I, I think if we look back in a month and a half and say, okay, what kept Nebraska out of the tournament... tournament I think very well you could say, well, they lost a home game at the end of the season to Minnesota, and they followed that up with a road loss against Michigan. Like, that's not, not I, I you know, back-to-back specifically because mm-hmm. they'll go to Ohio State after this. Or if you wanted to say back-to-back is that, you know what, let's say Nebraska hypothetically wins tonight or Sunday. They also win next Thursday at Ohio State. And then the following Sunday when they have senior day against Rutgers, they lay an egg. And they, they finish out the season against Rutgers, uh, they lose against Rutgers at home, and they lose on the road at Michigan, right? I think a month and a half, if Nebraska doesn't make the tournament, it's going to be a reason of, well, they they ended the regular season with those two losses against two teams that they should they should certainly beat, um, two teams that will be qualified as a quad three and quad four loss, and then maybe one and done in the Big Ten tournament. And so it's just, you're you're not out of the woods yet. But Nebraska, they're in a good spot. They're in a better spot than a lot of other programs, maybe even Northwestern. But 
Um, to this point, they've done their job, and I think maybe we just have to hope and pray and, and continue to believe that they'll they'll do enough. I'm glad you brought up Northwestern because I think if you look at the resumes, they're comparable. On the happy hour, we went, we went over the strength of schedules, right, yeah. and how Nebraska's non-con is actually better than Northwestern's in that regard. But Northwestern is consistently rated higher they are. than Nebraska in uh, these catch-all metrics and in the actual bracketology. And I think it goes back to something I've been saying for the last week is the lack of name brand recognition for Nebraska, where it's mm-hmm. not a basketball program. Northwestern's made the tournament. They have. Recently. And they got won their games. win. Um, they made it last year, put up a pretty good effort in the first round and a loss, whereas Nebraska hasn't made the tournament. So I think mm-hmm. there's even more respect for, for Northwestern right now than there is for Nebraska, that if the resumes are comparable, Northwestern's going to get that kind of historical nudge. I want to go to the text line here real quick, too. 7563 says... Don't forget we were down by 14 to North Dakota in the second half. Coming back and winning that game is going to save Nebraska getting into the tournament. It's interesting to to juxtapose that with McClellan's comments. Yeah. Because it sounds like the committee is going more in depth than I think we might give them credit for. But at the same time, they can't do all their research on every single team. Because they're not just looking at 68 teams or 36 at larges. Yeah. They're looking at 100 teams, probably, and- to be safe. So does the committee just glance over quad three and four. Hey, no losses. You took care of business. Or do they say, and they were tight against North Dakota. Ryder gave him some fits. Duquesne, that was a game, you Mm -hmm. know, well into the second half. Do they look at that stuff? Probably, but I don't know how granular. So the the way I've been explained or kind of, kind of informed on this is that there are multiple people and they break them up by region. Mm. And so basically let's, just hypothetical number. Four people are are in control or are in are in charge of watching every game that you that you deem meaningful mm-hmm. or paying attention at least to every game in the I don't know set out like five states. Yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Iowa, Wisconsin, yeah, set out a region. Yeah, and they're in charge of that. And then when they convene, however often they do, they let everybody else know. That's that's the way I I've been portrayed or and been told that that's how they operate. Now is that true? I I don't I don't know. It would make the most sense, mm-hmm. right, to get uh cuz then that that way you can incorporate eye test if you will. Mm-hmm. So just as I would say this for Nebraska fans that might be on the fence and say, "Man, I hope they weren't watching that North Dakota game or the first half." Um now granted they won and and the McClellan did say at the end of the day wins wins matter mm-hmm. uh the most. I think you could say the same thing about Illinois, right? And that would maybe right. even mean more to you than than a a home game against North Dakota, where maybe yeah, you were down fourteen. You could also say the same thing last night. Northwestern at home was down by twelve at one point, twenty one to nine to Michigan, or mm-hmm. and then they were down twenty one twelve. And so, like, um, I, I think that you can see both sides of the coin to where, yeah, there's going to be some games. I think ultimately at the end of the day, where Nebraska, yeah, they they came back and they avoided disaster against North Dakota. But then, hey, how about Illinois? Took them to overtime. And mm-hmm. if if you want to go off the eye test, you feel pretty good about what the committee saw that day. I'm going to be curious to see, too, if Nebraska's road loss to Minnesota is worse than Illinois' mm-hmm. at Penn State. Yeah. You know, the way in which it happened as highly ranked as Illinois was, I would probably say that's a worse loss. Mm-hmm. Because Penn State is even further from the tournament picture than Minnesota. But is it potentially more damaging for Nebraska because they don't have other road wins, you know, to stack it on top of potentially? This is interesting. D-Ron on the text line says, I want to win enough to get us to a seven seed or either stay at a 10 or 11. 
I want Sweet 16 or better. I, I think that's probably a little bit of a stretch. However, but back to the, the seed comment, D-Ron, because Austin, you and I discussed this before the happy hour back mm-hmm. during like the noon hour. Um, we talked about, I, I gave you the hypothetical situation of like, okay, what's the most realistic seed, highest realistic seed that Nebraska could get? And, and in that situation, it would be Nebraska wins out. And they including they, the Big Ten in, tournament, including the Big Ten tournament, they win the Big Ten title, so automatically they're in no matter what. I mean, I think we've settled at six is mm-hmm. is the absolute highest. Um, I also maybe we'd feel better, maybe we'd feel different about it if Nebraska truly gets rolling like that, um, and to where they're they're playing for the Big Ten title now. We we brought it up earlier in the show. Also, like, would you rather them have a eight seed and play? I don't know Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. or or they have to go to Spokane or whatever. Would you rather them do that, or would you rather them be a ten seed facing off against a seven seed in Omaha? I think I think you need to be realistic with the goals here, and that the goals is to get the first of all, not only in the tournament, but mm-hmm. get your first win, mm-hmm. and and then see where the program goes. Maybe the round of thirty two then is next season, and. Who knows? You, you could strike gold. Maybe Nebraska gets past the, the round of 32, but hey, um, you got to focus on, on Minnesota on Sunday and then get another road win on, on Wednesday or Thursday. Show people Indiana wasn't a fluke. I'm going to have a couple, And it also yeah. wasn't just because Indiana's bad. I think no, that was part of mad. it. They're mid. Yeah, like Indiana's not good. So Nebraska should have won that game mm-hmm. by 15. But they also weren't favored to. They also weren't favored to. And so show next Thursday against Ohio State on the road when it matters, when it comes, when that time comes. That you know what? Yeah, we we beat a bad team because Ohio State's kind of in the same boat. They're meh. They're mm-hmm. fine. Nebraska probably won't be favored on the road, but they're mm-hmm. Ohio State probably should lose that game. Yeah. So who knows? Um, I want to finish out with uh, Charles McClellan's comments, and then Ted on the text line. I see you. We're going to get to that to yeah, wrap up. It's an interesting um, point. The other thing that McClellan said was that uh, the committee would have no problem putting BYU in the Salt Lake City pod or Nebraska in Omaha. Or you know, Gonzaga and Spokane, if that's where those teams would go, according to bracketing principles. Don't forget, it's not just a straight one through sixty-eight; it's the S curve, right? So the way it works out is the the top one gets the bottom four, mm-hmm. um, I think the top eight, and then like the bottom sixteen. So they they snake their way through all the seed lines, so it's not just just down the list. Yeah. Um, so if if on the S curve, Nebraska would end up in the Omaha region. The committee's not going to to send them away from that just because it's a home court advantage, yeah. right? So there have been multiple, you know, mock brackets out today that have Nebraska playing in Omaha in that that seven ten game, which I think I would rather have Nebraska as a ten seed in Omaha than in the eight nine game in like yeah. Houston, Spokane, whatever. Well, but but to your point too about the the highest possible seed for Nebraska. Even if they're they're Big Ten champs, it would depend on how it looks. Because what if like Purdue gets upset mm-hmm. or Illinois gets upset? You don't face either of those teams on your road to the championship. Like yeah. you missed out on an opportunity or two for a really quality victory. Well, yeah, you're Big Ten champs, you're in automatically. But it's it's different if you're going through those teams and adding legit wins to your resume versus hey, you had the path cleared for you. Yeah, I, yeah, you're you're right about that. I also. Um, I lost my train of thought on this. Never mind. I lost my train of thought. Shoot. Right. Well, pick That's it okay. up. I'll get back on the I'll train over break. It. We'll get to that. Um, Ted, you have a really interesting point I want to bring up. It'll tie in something statistical as well about Nebraska. We'll go to break. Wrap up on Husker Hoops next. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.